Hi, and welcome back to the Pleasing God podcast, a weekly show focused on helping Christians to think biblically, engage practically, and live faithfully for the glory of God. I'm your host, Jonathan Soul, and our topic for this week is on friendship. And what does that look like? Why is it important? And what does the Bible have to say about friendship? As human beings created in the image of God, there's a longing, there's a desire in us for friendships. Now, uh, where you fall on the social spectrum from introvert to extrovert might cause the way friendships look in your life to be different. But nonetheless, as image bearers of God, those that are desire to be in relationships, friendships are very, very important. And when we think about what the Bible has to say, friendships are actually all over the place in the Bible. There's not an exact like verse that you could go to and say, this is the definition of biblical friendship. But if we are looking, we can see that this term is used throughout. And I want to think first and foremost of the friendship of God to man, because when we think, when we're wanting to think biblically, it starts with God. Who is God and how how do we see this in him? And in multiple passages of the scriptures, we would read how God was a fr- like, as a friend to so-and-so. I think one of the first um, examples is the friendship of God to Abraham. Abraham was a father of faith, who was a flawed man for sure. But in Isaiah 41.8, it says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. So God speaking here through Isaiah refers to Abraham as his friend. Elsewhere, similar things would be said of Abraham in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 7. It says, did you not our God drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? So Abraham in the scriptures is referred to as a friend of God, not just Abraham, but also Moses in Exodus 33, 11. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And so when we think about the relationship that God had with some of these certain individuals where they would be likened to a friendship with God. How do we define what a friendship is? It certainly involves a relationship, but it's more than just a relationship. There's affection from one to another. God had affection for Moses and for Abraham. And Abraham and Moses had an affection, a love for God. So there's a mutual affection that that occurs in a friendship. A true friendship is not a one-sided affection. There's also commitment. God had made covenants with Abraham and with Moses. There's a commitment on God's part to those people to see out his covenant promises to and through them. Well, there was certainly a commitment from Abraham and Moses to God as well, that they would walk in the ways in which God had commanded them. And so in their friendship, they have affection, there's commitment, there's trust, not so much uh, God to them, but them trusting in God. This is where sometimes 
if we think on just the human to human level uh, of the friendship, it might break down a little bit then with God to man. But then there's also shared interests, I think, in a friendship. In the, in, the, in the case of God, God is interested in his glory, in the good of his people, in the praise of his name. And with Abraham and with Moses, they too are, share the same interests, the good of God's people, the glory of God's name. And so when we see this as an example, God is referred to as being a friend to certain men, especially in the Old Testament. But then we get over to the New Testament, and this idea begins to expand a little bit. We would look at Moses and Abraham and say, yes, they're fallen men, but they're faithful. They were good men in a sense of upright, just following after the Lord. But when we get to the New Testament, and the, and the Greek word is, is philos, for friend, it, it comes from uh, this, this idea of brotherly love or affection. It's where you, you get the word uh, Philadelphia, which is this affectionate love and, and, and Delphos being brother. So in Pennsylvania, you have the city of brotherly love, which is talking about this place, this position of friendship. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, verse 19, is described as the friend of sinners. It, we read that the Son of Man, that's a title that Jesus uses for himself, came eating and drinking. And they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. And so one of the things that we see in Jesus, it was his opponents that called him the friend of sinners. They recognized that he associated with, according to this text, tax collectors and sinners. Jesus wasn't a glutton or a drunkard, but by appearance sake, People associated him as one because he hung around those kinds of people. Jesus wasn't afraid to identify with sinners. Jesus wasn't afraid to be associated with these kinds of people. While the self-righteous condemned him, he was a lover of sinners. Now, that does not mean that he had the same shared interests as them, but some of the other elements of friendship were certainly present in Jesus. He had an affection for them. He cared for them. He loved them in spite of their condition, in spite of their sin and their fallenness. He had a commitment. Jesus came to live, to die for sinners that he calls friends. He spent time with them. And I think it is so important to think about these kind of characteristics of what is a true and good friendship. So you see it in God you see it in Jesus, but predominantly, we see friendships in one another, in human-to-human interaction. And thinking about maybe one of the greatest examples of friendship in the entire Bible would be that of David and Saul's son, Jonathan. Their story begins in 1 Samuel, and, or 1 Samuel 18.1, 
reads, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. It goes on in verse 3, then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. This is a picture of the affection of true biblical friendship. There was a love for the other person as though it is his was himself. And in doing so, this was a lifelong friendship of care, looking out for the good and the safety of the other person. Jonathan is a hero of uh, of a picture of friendship, him and David. And their story goes on. I mean, Saul ends up envying David. David is to take over the throne and Saul wants to kill him. Jonathan chooses to save the life of his friend over his own father. And it's just, it's a story of true friendship, self-sacrificing love for the good of another. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 17, it says, Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. These guys were tighter and closer than brothers in their friendship together. So much so that the author of Samuel wants to show us the significance of this healthy biblical friendship. They had, the, they had a, a, an affection. There was true care for one another. They weren't just this kind of like, I could take it or leave it type of attitude. No, they truly cared about one another. There was a commitment to the friendship, to the relationship. There's mutual trust, which is so important as we think about characteristics of friendship. They also had shared interests and experiences. Friendships often occur because there's something in common Friendships are born out of uh, a common interest in sports or various hobbies. People like the same kind of music or, you know, they like to play golf together or, or whatever it is. Um, but ultimately, true biblical friendship, the shared experiences and the shared interest is Jesus Christ. That's what unites people's hearts together. But then there's other things where compatibility comes in as well. And certainly Jonathan and David had that. And then when I think about a kind of a fifth uh, characteristic of friendship, they spent time together. They were intentional about their friendship and they both enjoyed the time that they did spend together. And so when we want to kind of think practically about friendships, what do our friendships look like? Now, it's probably hard to have a lot of meaningful friendships. We don't really see much in the Bible of multiple deep friendships, but it is possible to have a few, a couple, maybe one, maybe, maybe you know, you what you would call your close friends. Oftentimes our acquaintances, we call them our friends, which is probably a fine category. But then we have this kind of other category, best friends, close friends, you know, people I could tell anything to. And that's usually a small circle. Think about Jesus. He had 12 disciples that followed him for three years, and then he had his inner circle of three. And so deep, meaningful, lasting friendships, they're they're often close, tight, and few. But when we think about friendships practically, 
What are some things that we should look for? We should seek to kind of live out as being a good, faithful friend besides the characteristics of affection, commitment, trust, shared interests, and time spent. Well, there's no greater book on friendship than the book of Proverbs. And there's so much practical wisdom in Proverbs concerning what good and bad friendships are. I mean, so you could just do a kind of survey through the Proverbs and look at the various statements on friendship, and there's much to be learned there, and then apply to our lives as we seek to be faithful, good Christian friends to our brothers and sisters. Here's a few uh, from Proverbs 17, verses 17 and 18. It says, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. One who lacks sense gives a pledge and puts up security in the presence of his neighbor. In Proverbs 18.24, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, that's ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But it goes to show that, you know, if you want to have this large network of people, you probably, the, the broader your friendships go, the shallower they go. Proverbs twenty two eleven, he who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. Principally speaking, do you desire righteousness, purity? Are you a gracious person in your speech? Proverbs twenty two, twenty four. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man. So there's a warning against about who you should not seek out and continue in friendship with. A verse I love so much from Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. True biblical friendship. Somebody that is a faithful, caring, affectionate, committed person to you will tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Now, that does not mean that they're always going to just come at you and put you in your place. There, there's, there's an appropriate level. But once somebody, once you know that somebody has that affection, commitment, trust, they sp- spent the time with you, they earn the right They've earned the ability to wound you. And that's not in a sense of hurt you. That's why it says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes you've got a sin issue in your life. You've got a blind spot in your life. And your friend, out of true care and concern, love for your soul and love for the gospel, will come alongside you and say, brother or sister, you're messed up here or or you know they might come at it in a kinder and a less direct way and it might wound you how could he or she say say that because they love you and those are faithful wounds don't surround yourself with people who only tell you what you want to hear they're not of great value if you don't surround yourself with people that will build you up faithful friends then you're not growing 
Proverbs 27.10, do not forsake your friend and your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. Stick close, be committed. True friendship is commitment. And so when you think about this, I think we should then think about how we can faithfully live these principles of friendship out. What we need to do is ask ourselves, what kind of friend am I? Am I a selfless friend? Am I looking for the good in others? Am I there not just for my enjoyment? Am I, am I invested in this relationship for what I get out of it or what I can also give into this? Is it a mutual relationship of trust, commitment, affection, time spent, shared interests, and the things like that? That's a question we need to ask. Another question we should probably ask concerning our friendships is, do these friendships that I have help me to be more like Jesus or more like the world? The Bible is very clear. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. And so not just asking what the quality of the friendships that I have are, but the quality of a friend that I am. Am I helping people be more like Jesus? That doesn't mean that every friendship is a Bible study every time you get together. No, that, I mean, that's a bit overkill. But do I, do I promote a holy living by my manner of life? Do my friendships consist of slander and gossip? Or do they consist of righteousness, purity, and goodness? Do I walk away from conversations that I have with my friends better or worse? Are my friends, if I was taken out of the picture... Would my friends be lacking something in their lives that would help point them to Jesus? These are questions to, to be asked and, and certainly answered. And I think a final question concerning friendships is what motivates them? Why do I have the friendships that I have? And how can I be more intentional in making them deeper, better, and more godly? And only you can answer that question for sure. But the Bible is very clear that uh, friendship comes from God to man, Jesus to sinners, and humans to humans. And so we should be thinking about, because God created us for relationship, we should be thinking about how we do our friendships. What's the intentionality that we have? And we, we certainly recognize that not all friendships will be at the same level. There's just not time and capacity for that. But the ones that we do have, our deep ones, are we investing in them? Are we self-sacrificing for the good of others, just as Jesus did? Because we want to be remembered and found to be faithful friends to those around us, too, that God has placed in our lives. And so I hope thinking on this uh, is encouraging, challenging, maybe convicting, but give thanks. Think about those couple people that you have in your life that meet some of this criteria and I would encourage you just to pause and just say a word of thanks to God for those faithful friends that he has given to you. God has providentially put people in your life, my life, through various means for the sake of friendship. And I wouldn't be where I am today, and neither would you, you could probably say, if it wasn't for that friend or those people that God placed in my life at that time to come in at that great need that they didn't know that they were even filling or meeting. So let's give thanks to God for our friendships 
and let's seek to be friendly people to those around us. I want to thank you for listening to the Pleasing God podcast. If you have any questions, I would love to hear from you. You could reach out at questions at pleasinggodpodcast.org. And remember, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification.